stage over there because it's it's very much what I felt throughout the week this week. Um, I feel like the church kind of needs a kick in the pants. I feel like God thinks that the church needs a kick in the pants. It's time to get motivated and be the church. Look around. Look at the person to your left. Look at the person to your right. That's church. That's the church. That's the body. Numbers chapter 13. I'm, I'm totally going to do what, what preachers are not supposed to do, but I'm just going to say, in, you know, in, in, verse, in verse 1, that the Lord speaks to Moses and he says to, to send the heads of the tribes out to spy on the land of Canaan. And then they proceed to go through a bunch of these really hard to pronounce names and stuff. Who are all the people, that, the heads of the tribes, right? So we're going to pick up in verse 17. Pass those names. They're fun to say, but it's distracting. So in verse 17, it says, Moses sent them out to spy on the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into the Negev and go into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and, the, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob near Lebo Hemeth. They went up into the Negeb and came to Hebron. Ahiman, Sheshai, and Telemai. <laughs> The descendants of Anak were there. Hebron was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. And they came to the valley of Eshel and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshel because of the cluster, because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. So they went into this land. The people there are, are mighty. The, the grapes. The grapes are carried on a stick between two guys. That is insane. That's like basketball-sized grapes. That's not the point of the story, though. I get distracted easily. Shiny things. Look out. So the report of the spies, in verse 25 we pick up, and it says, At the end of 40 days they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron, and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which would have been giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. 
Then the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in there are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak who come from Nephilim. And, and we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. And we're just going to read the first part of 14. So, of course, people being people. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would what we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would we have died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become the prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's choose another leader and go back to Egypt. So the Old Testament is, is, is full of stories and, and, and reports of mistakes that the children of Israel made, Right? It's, it's a, it, you could say it's like a manifesto of perhaps what not to do because they messed up a lot. They messed up and they'd get enslaved by people and then God would redeem them and then lo and behold, they'd mess up again and something else would happen to them and they would split into two. It's a very long timeline for the children of Israel and it, it's just this ups and downs. You know, they, they come into good covenant with God and then they fall away and then they come into good covenant and they fall away. So a lot of it is, hey, you can read this and be careful this is what you should not do. This is what you don't do, right? So God tells them to go and spy out this land. This is the land that he's going to give his chosen people. And in Matthew 28, we read last time, that God tells us to go into the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, teaching them to keep, our command, keep his commands, our commands. God told them to do that. They, they, they went and spied on the land, and then they were going to move forward. But then if you read on in the story, they didn't do it. They were too scared to do it. And because of them not believing in God and believe, having faith in what he said, they looked at what was around them. And then so letting what was around them trump their thoughts and to take over their thoughts, that they gave that way more leeway. They didn't go do what God said, and then God cursed them, and actually all of the people that were alive at that time, aside from two, never saw the promised land. So what does that do here, right, here and now? Well, it's simple. We're called to make disciples in our church, right? Primary purpose of the church, go into all the world, preach the gospel, Make disciples. How do you make disciples? Good question. We have some uh, kids in our church right now that are like fifth grade down to first grade, I would say. Um, they need to be stuffed with the word of God. They need to be taught the Old Testament scriptures. They need to be taught who they are in Christ. They need to be taught about the Holy Spirit and they need to understand that they're just as powerful as the adults in this church and when they lay their hands on somebody, people can get healed. And we're lacking that right now in our church. And so there's this, 
there's this pattern that we've fallen into as a church that we've had, we had a rough go. <laughs> we had COVID last year. We, 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 I feel like it just kind of threw a stick in the spokes of everything, all the momentum that we had going here. But what are we waiting for? We've got the people that have knowledge that we have, we have the kids, we have the room, there's even curriculum and stuff that, what are we waiting for? We don't have an excuse to not move forward with this anymore. And it's not a, it's not like I'm slapping, I mean, I didn't teach a class either, so it's on me too. But guys, next week, let's start Children's Church back up. And, and not only that, but there, there's a sign-up sheet. We're going to take a week. Uh, Patty and Keith are going to take a week. And there's a yellow pad sign-up sheet back there. Guy, it, it's not a matter of if. It's just, go sign the sheet. And there, just put down your name and your phone number. If you haven't had a background check, they need to do a quick background check on you just to make sure that you don't eat children or anything. And, <laughs> but it's, it's, not a, it's not a difficult... It's not a difficult task, and come on, if you're scared to talk to a room full of kids that will just laugh if you, yeah. come on. I mean, I basically have that class in my house seven days a week. So sign up, and, and I'm talking to you. Like, a lot of times this goes over people's heads, and it's not that you're saying no, but just you don't classify yourself as the person that should possibly sign up for something like that. It's you. You should. It, you should. And if there's anybody that's, that, like, if you're not a couple, right, but you still want to get involved, we can team you up with somebody. And we can even have somebody who's more experienced do the first couple Sundays with you just to make sure that you're doing okay. But guys, we've got the manpower, and God is in that. God is in the making disciples. He doesn't have to tell us again. He doesn't have to open the roof to tell us. It's in the Bible. That's what we do. So let's do it. Amen? And then lots of heads nodding because they're going to sign a yellow piece of paper in a little while. If nobody signs, you guys are going to be in trouble. <laughs> That's the first thing. You know, <sighs> for, a lot of, for a lot of my life, and a lot of my time as a dad and as a husband. I've lived in the, I can't wait until this. Or there's always that light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like there's this vacation that's coming up and I can't wait until, I would say Disney World, but I hate Disney World. Um, but I can't wait until this, or things are going to get better when this, when we have this kind of car, or when we, just that kind of dumb thing, right? To where... I'm living behind what I actually want, right? And I don't live here. I'm, I'm trying to live there. And, if, and if, if I'm being completely honest with you, a lot of my failures as a dad, that hurts to say, are because of that. Because I don't live now. I live then. I don't feel like I'm alone in this room. We as the men of the church, we like to talk about stuff, right? We like to talk about being holy. We like to talk about being the head of our household. 
We like to talk about being the spiritual leaders of our family and raising up our kids to follow God. We like to talk about that. Brothers and sisters, the shape that America's in, that hasn't been happening for a long time. And it's not, I'm, I'm not getting political. All I'm trying to say is that it starts at home. And I know I'm guilty. <laughs> but today I'm saying not another day. Not another day. And I'm wondering who's with me. Who's here in, in the house right now? Guy, father, married. Who's with me that would stand up and say, today's the day? Because I, I, I want to pray over you. I, I want to, you're, you're a young, man, you don't even know what you're in for, man. Your wife is pregnant. <laughs> Your life's about, goodbye, sleep, see you later. <laughs> you need this prayer. I'm not, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying you need this prayer. All married men and fathers need this prayer. So I'm going to ask every married man to come up front. Let's do this the easy way. It's funny, I was trying to talk myself out of this earlier. And then in my mind, I'm like, what are we waiting for? Okay, I need some spouses. Spouses. Look, I have a spouse. Let me come up behind you. Okay. I just want to say to everybody that's up here right now, this is not a condemnation. This is not a, hey, I've seen something specific in you and I want you to feel like crap about this. That, that's not what this is. What this is is that this is us drawing a line in the sand and we're saying, no more. No more. T today's the day where we turn around, we put God first, and we start leading our families the way that we're called to in the scriptures. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Carmen. <laughs> So let's, let's, let's bow our heads real quick. And I just, I, this is what God gave me. I feel like we're supposed to say out loud. Sorry. God, we repent of apathy. We repent of not fulfilling your call for us to lead our households. From this moment on, I pledge to put you back in your rightful place above everything. God, we ask you to strengthen our vertical relationship. That overflows into our horizontal relationships. God, I pray a special blessing over every man up here right now. God, they are called for a task, and they were bought with a price. Fill them up, Lord. Fill them up with your spirit. Give them wisdom. Help them to toss off idle ventures, hobbies, 
unfruitful things. Draw their hearts close to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, men, put your hands on your women. (laughs) These are the people that put up with us on a regular basis. There's probably some apologies that need to be made at some point. We'll, We'll get to that later. Let's pray again. God, we pray for these beautiful women in our church. We pray for the anchors of our households. We pray for our helpmates, our partners. God, we pray that you would help them to forgive us for not towing the line when we are supposed to. But most of all, Lord, we pray, I pray, that you would help them to see the change and come alongside their husband to lead their families together. Restore the hierarchy of the biblical household, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can actually go this time. I'm not going to stop you. (laughs) What are we waiting for? Now, this symbolism that we just completed, that's great. But it's only great the way you take it home. It's not about what I say and what you repeat. It's not about, it's about how you take it home with a dedicated focus. And I'm talking to the guys. It's easy to do something for a couple days and then it kind of, hmm. No. We need to be in the Word every day, every single day, digging, digging for gold. The only way that this country shows any kind of semblance of getting better is if we improve the households that our kids are growing up in. Truth bombs. Take this serious, guys. Imagine a world 10 years from now if the, more than half the dads in America just went home and did what they were supposed to do. The, half the Christian dads in America, let me rephrase, because... I mean, our country would look completely different in 10 years if that happened. That's the revival that I believe is coming to America. It's that the men have become passive, they've become apathetic, and they have not led. We've left it to our wives to do the religious stuff. We've left it to the, the in-between football games. or You know what I'm saying? There's this whole culture thing like, yeah, I go to church because my wife goes to church and... Mm. Everybody's met people that would probably work with people that way. No, we go to church because that's what we're supposed to do. That's how we lead our family. What are we waiting for? I am so happy that there's like the, the, 
the prayer night on Thursday. Like, I got super excited when we found out. I was really, I had to stay in Grand Rapids that night because of work, but I was super excited to hear that that was happening because that goes right along. What are we waiting for? We need to pray for the community. We need to pray for the country. We need to pray for our church. What are we waiting for? We're supposed to be doing life together daily, going into the scriptures, praying together under, of one accord. What does that look like? I don't know. We'll figure it out later. No. What are we waiting for? There's, there's no new pastor that's going to come in here and like click his fingers and all of this stuff's just, we don't need a new pastor for this. We're the body of Christ. What are we waiting for? Believe me, I, I said this in the mirror several times this week, so this is not like me at you. This is me too, me too. God has given me some really cool visions for this place. And, and I believe that they're going to come true. I believe that there's going to be a group of young adults. It's funny, I keep pointing at you guys, sorry. But I believe there's going to be a group of young adults that hangs out at the hospitals and prays for people before they go in the emergency room and people are going to get back in their cars and leave. I believe that that's going to happen. But that's going to take a spark catching another spark, catching something that's flammable, and you guys blowing up with some flames. And I believe that that's coming, but it starts here. It starts in your daily walk. Nobody can, like, give you a ride to revival. That's got to start inside you and blow up, right? But I believe it's coming. I believe that there are people that, I've said this before, there are people that are going to come in here in a wheelchair to a healing room they're going to get prayed over, and we're going to stack the, the wheelchairs in the back, and they're going to walk out of here. I believe that's going to happen. But it starts here. It starts here. I can't believe Mindy said that. You grabbed the mic and said that. It, I literally almost fell off the stage. That's probably one of the coolest things that ever happened to me in a church. It's like, what are we waiting for? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's about as close to slain in the spirit as I've ever been. <laughs> what are you waiting for, people on Zoom? Hi. Sorry, I just figured you guys wanted some. It's over there. Oh, really? Oh, shoot. Okay. We prayed a really good prayer. Lives were changed. I'm just kidding. I'm hopefully not kidding. I want to end with this. And it's weird because this is what God did to me last time too. This is not... Uh, it's not meant to be fluffy. It's not meant to be like, you know, oh, we're, we're, we're petting the cozy little lamb, right? That's what a lot of people think that they're in a relationship with when they become a Christian. They think that there's like this little puffy lamb that's cute and you just 
pick its, you pick the hair and it's all fluffy and nice and it's, everybody loves the lamb, but they forget to talk about the lion. We are commanded to do what we do. We're, we're not sliding into a personal relationship that we're kind of in, like it's a blind date and it's super, no. We are giving ourselves as slaves to a master. And so what he tells us to do, we have to do. Nothing's going to go right in your life unless you're doing what God told you to do. And there's nobody in here with a free pass. What does he mean? I mean, like, there's this idea that, that circles around in the church where there, there's these things called parishioners, where they don't really serve a purpose. They just kind of come and fill a pew and, like, write a tithe check, and that's all. That, that's the... You're not going to find that in the New Testament because it ain't there. We're disciples. We're all disciples. There are people in all of our lives that we can reach that somebody else can't. Margie has friends that she can reach that I, I can't in some unique way. I, oh, there you go. Welcome. I, sorry that I'm speaking the week that you came here. My bad. I'm not the normal guy. Um, each of us has a set of skills, and we can talk to people and have relationships with people that other people can't. But if we're not... If we're not taking our vertical relationship into our horizontal relationships on this earth, then what are we, what are we waiting for? Because it's, it's, it's insane that, that we don't do the simple things that the Bible tells us to do. We don't... Steve, hang on, I need to let my brain catch up with my mouth. Are you the person at work that people come to when they have some kind of spiritual problem or a health problem? Are you the prayer person? Still counts. Are you the person? I'm just wondering. Are you the one that people seek out, like when they get a bad diagnosis at the doctor and somebody says the big C word or something, do they come to you? Do they seek you out? Like, hey, you're the God guy. You know what I'm saying? Are you that guy? If you're not, you need to be. So whatever we're doing at work, you know what I'm saying? And I'm only saying work because dudes, it's not like we go to school anymore or anything. That's who we do life with 40 hours a week is at work. Are you that guy? Are you the God guy at work? These are, these are legit questions, and the only reason why I'm asking that question is because if you're going to have influence, then you need to be known for walking out what's in the Scriptures. So maybe for some of us, it's, it's time to actually take church out of the building and into our careers. We can't be neutral. It's not, there's nothing in the Bible that's neutral. There's nothing in the New Testament that's neutral. There's nothing from the day of Pentecost that's neutral. What are we waiting for? I believe wholeheartedly that there are changes that can come to, to our area, to our state, to Linden, to Argentine, this little podunk city outside of like two other bigger podunk cities. We're not like a major metropolis. But what if revival started here and it went through the whole state? God can do whatever he wants to do. When people turn their hearts to God and they really, really give everything to him, 
He always responds. It's not, he might. He always responds. So what are we waiting for? I feel like it's, we're gonna, I feel like a dad right now. I'm getting like dad vibes. I feel like the Spirit's giving me that. <laughs> you ever give your kids something to do and then they wait till the last possible second? Never. We're in the room with people that know the answers to all these questions. But we're in the basement and we're just not doing the laundry that dad told us to get done. We're just sitting down there waiting for the last... What, why? why? Why are we not doing these things? Why are we not walking it out? Why are we not having meaningful conversations? What are we scared of? I love going out for coffee with people that I know I am absolutely going to have like completely 100% opposed views with. Those are the most interesting conversations that you could possibly have. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? You are called a friend of God. You are a child of the King. You are not inferior to someone. There is no hierarchy. You are a child of God. You are a son or a daughter. You are an image bearer of your father. You carry the name of Jesus. You don't leave it here when you leave. You carry it with you when you go throughout the world. What are you waiting for? Do you understand? Matthew or Matthew 28. Verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the very end of the age. According to Matthew, that, that's the last thing that Jesus said before. He ascended into heaven. Somebody already went. We're here, right? We, we weren't here before, now we're here. So the go is, is kind of accomplished, right? Because we were planted from a church, from a church, from a church, from a church, all the way back to Pentecost, really. But we need to start under our own roof first, Right? metaphorically and physically, we, 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 need to, we, need, we need some roof work done. So we need to start the children's church back up, which will start next week. I really, really hope and pray that some more couples are going to sign up for this. We've got, we've got a room full of people that love Jesus. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. You don't need a master's degree to teach a bunch of kids. As a matter of fact, if you can burp really loud, that would probably have more sway than a, any degree you could produce. You, you might even accidentally have some fun. Be careful. But we need to take care of in-house, right? We are in the business of making disciples. 
we've got a room full of future disciples on the other side of that wall. That's how you make disciples. You teach them from a young age, raise them up in the word. And every once in a while, you get a kid like Larkin. There, I'm just bragging. Dad life. I'm one for seven, so we'll see how it goes. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I just want to pray over you guys real quick. Absolutely. I thought I was done. I'm done, but you're... Go ahead. Is this still on? Yes. So several things throughout today. Um, Our identity and who we are and being redeemed, and we have been redeemed. And I had a vision during that song before Kennard came up of... Of, and I knew it was the tool that you use to clean your gun out after you shoot it. <laughs> I didn't know if it was that or if it was, I've seen people that have um, instruments that have a fe- long feather that goes down to get this, I, I would imagine it's to get any spit out of a flute because that can't be in your instrument because it will pit on the inside. Mm-hmm. I don't understand for sure why you got to clean your gun out, but it must have something to do with the residue that has to be cleaned out so it doesn't ruin the vessel. So when we were, that was during the song before Mindy came up, of allowing God to do that work, to get that out. That is how we get it out, you know, is to allow only by Holy Spirit. It's like it's nothing you can even do yourself. You just have to step in and trust that God is doing that in you to remove whatever it is that needs to go. Um, so many times I've come into this house one way, and I leave out different because of Holy Spirit, because of the body of Christ. And that is why we meet, is to hear the word that's being preached to encourage us, but also because of the body that we need to also encourage us. The message about being called after we had a meeting the other night and we were discussing needing children's minister and just, just getting excited about, about allowing God to, to stir us up in that area again because I, I taught for many years. Kim has taught for many years. You get burned out. Your kids in your class grow. They are ready for something new too. And so then you step aside, but um, that, that next morning when I woke up, I heard when you are, it was the Lord was saying, when you have me, you don't, you don't need a diploma to be able to teach, to be able to do what he calls you to, because we get a diploma. And that's what he told me. He says, you're called, you know, to lead, to be, to do what he has set for you to do, because that's what our life now is, laid down to be used for him, for his glory. Yes, we have our external stuff, but we have to be used the way he intended for us to be used. So that was what I wanted to share. And when we came up here and prayed with the husbands and wives, um, it's allowing your husband to lead, yes. But it's also asking him to lead. 
And when there is a situation where there's out of order, it's just to go before the Lord again. I've had to do it with my husband. Repent. Will you pray for me? He does. And you get back in order to have your, your household running in the way that it should be. So that was a great start today. So that, I think, was all I wanted to share. Okay. Yeah. So let's pray. God, this, is, this, this morning is your morning. Lord, we want to see you glorified in this community. We want to see you glorified in our state. We want to see you glorified in our country. But God, right here and right now, where we find ourselves, we want you glorified in us because it starts in us. So like Patty was saying, Lord, if there's something in the way, if there's something that needs to be cleaned out, if we got soot in the chimney and it's, that our fireplace isn't going to burn clean, God, would you show us in this moment, right here, right now, and let every person in this room not walk out of here with it. Let it hit the floor in here and stay in here. Whatever it is. Maybe it's forgiveness. I'm hearing forgiveness again. I know we talked about that earlier in the service. When you choose to forgive someone, you are not, it's not for them. It's for you. Your bullets don't fire right out of a dirty barrel. So if there's somebody here that, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but if there's somebody here that needs to forgive someone, you need to know that it's not for them. It's for you. If you're dealing with some kind of addiction, if you're dealing with some kind of deviancy, that everybody's dealing with something. But if you've got that one nagging thing that you just haven't completely given, gotten rid of yet and you haven't completely given it to God, do it now. What are you waiting for? Lord, search our hearts before we leave this place and go into another week. God, I pray a blessing over every person in this room and every person that can hear me on Zoom. Strengthen us and guide us, Lord. In Jesus' name.